Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. make a determination. I mean, you decide. Will you be afraid or will you listen to God? And he says, I'll hold your hand. Uh, you'll be victorious. Will you will trust him? And make a determination to do what the psalmist said. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. We have to remember what God has done in the lives of his people, in the word of God. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and feet. We live in a world that is often governed by fear and worry. A cursory glance at the evening news can instill fear in almost anyone. However, the Christian does not have to be ruled by fear because we are governed by our faith in Christ. In today's message, Pastor Ed challenges us to trust God and forsake our fear and worry. The Lord grants us many precious promises. To take hold of these promises, we need only to believe that God is able to keep them. As our faith grows, we find the peace that surpasses all understanding. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Ruled by a Peaceful Heart. In Luke 2.14, the message of the angel was glory to God in the highest on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. That's the promise, peace. If you look at the news, whether you read it, whether you listen to it, you're aware that our world is filled with such strife. There's anything but peace. What was the angel referring to? How can we have peace in the midst of a world filled with turmoil? You hear about ISIS beheading Christians, destroying a Christian heritage, killing other Muslims, uh, you listen to the news and you are aware that all over our country, people are using guns to take the lives of other people. You see the explosive tension between nations. And it seems like they're always on the edge of a conflict. There's Wars and rumors of wars. Yet, Jesus said to us, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. But he goes on to say, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In Colossians, Paul tells us, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. The peace that God gives us is a peace that we can have in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of storms, 
in the midst of conflicts, in the midst of a world ripped apart by ongoing conflict. He promises us that our hearts can be ruled by peace. But again and again, what we have to do, what we must do, is we must guard our hearts. And that's what Proverbs tells us because in the heart, so much can go on. You can have peace outside, and if the heart is in conflict, well, you don't have peace. You could have conflict outside and peace in the heart, and you have peace. In Proverbs, Solomon said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. When the Bible speaks of the heart, it is referring to our mind, our emotions, our will, our volition. It's referring to the interior self. And what the enemy would love to do, and how the enemy attacks believers to rob them, to steal from them their inheritance of peace is to create fear, to fill them with fear. In Isaiah 4.10, God speaks to his people and says, don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Fears attempt to grip and to dominate our lives and our hearts, especially in the age that we live. I mean, we can worry about the future. Will I have a job? What will be my physical health? What will happen to my family, to my children? On and on. Fears like a, a, a troop will wage war against our heart and try and capture our heart. Uh, we can live today based on the fears of tomorrow. We could hoard money. We could hoard resources. We could live with a sense of fear, constantly thinking of what can happen, what might happen, what may happen, and it simply becomes a negative, self-fulfilling prophecy. Or we could look at the past and reach and borrow our worries from the past, our failures, our sins. Even people who have wronged us or offended us or hurt us, those memories sort of resurrect from the past to reach out today to pull us back, to keep us from living today in the way that God wants us to live and to keep us from living in the future the way God wants us to live. You have to, you have to live on the promise of God. It's your faith in his word. It's your faith in his person. It's your faith in his promise. And 
That's what the psalmist says. You make a determination. I mean, you decide. Will you be afraid or will you listen to God? And he says, I'll hold your hand. Uh, You'll be victorious. We will trust him and make a determination to do what the psalmist said. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. We have to remember what God has done in the lives of his people, in the word of God. Remember how again and again you see this incredible, perfect track record that God has with his people again and again, rescue, saving. They find themselves in difficulty when they fail to trust him, when they simply turn their eyes away from him to the circumstances that surround them. Remember Matthew chapter 14 to the story of Peter? Let me read it to you. When the disciples saw Jesus walking on the lake, they were terrified. Jesus had been praying. They were in a boat alone in a storm. And Jesus comes and he walks on the water and they're terrified. They think it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Hmm. He's doing real well. But then, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began sinking, cried out, Lord, save me. Notice Jesus said, don't be afraid. And now Peter is afraid. How many times has that happened to us? We get a word in church. God gives us a scripture passage, and it's like an anchor to our soul, and we soon forget what God has said. And we drift so readily, so quickly, the winds seem to capture us and blow us into that port of fear. Even if you're in that perfect storm, he's an anchor that will hold true. Don't fear. Listen to what the scripture says. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord is a rock eternal. Fears will attempt to dominate you. Decide to trust in the Lord. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It's a New Living Translation. Okay, Uh, there it is. Can we say it? Read it from the screen. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Let's read it once more and say it with all of our hearts. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That's his promise. Now, the enemy not only tries to dominate our lives with fear, we have to guard our hearts against that, but we must guard our hearts against distractions. Distractions. In Proverbs 4.23, again, it reads, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so you want to make sure you become focused, not going here, not going there, but you're focused and not distracted. And distractions wind up fragmenting our lives. Distractions wind up pulling us every which way so that we're filled with a disharmony. Because peace really is harmony. It's wholeness. That's what the idea of shalom is. In Psalm 86.11, it says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might reverence, fear your name. Our prayer should be, Lord, unite my heart. Make me single-minded. In the Beatitudes, that's what a pure heart is in reference to. It's the idea, no alloys, it's, it's, it's single, its purpose is God. What happens is God gives us his word, and that is a purifier in our lives. The washing of the water of his word in our lives. And the enemy wants to come and steal that word from us. In Mark 4, 18 to 19, the New Living Translation, it says this, The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. How many want to be more fruitful in 2016? I know I do. The fruit of the Spirit is described in Galatians where it says it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a Christ-like character. When we talk about being fruitful, it means that that Word of God is going to be applied by the Spirit of God in our lives. May I encourage you, and I encourage myself in this, to Meditate on God's Word, to study God's Word, to memorize God's Word. Because that Word is powerful. It was by the Word of God you were converted, the hearing and the receiving of the gospel. It's by the Word of God that you're sanctified and that you grow. It's by the Word of God that your life is changed and transformed. That word will keep you on course for all of us. It's hard at times to keep our attention focused. We can get distracted easily. 
What we have to do is determine, determine, determine to seek first the kingdom of God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else is going to be added. God, what are your purposes? What are your plans? How do you want me to live my life in this present world? Now, it, it's amazing, I'm sure, for Valerie and for Dan to think about 30 years, over 30 years, serving in our youth ministry. It goes so very, very quickly. Our lives are like that. It just, they fly by, they go by. And we can lose track. We can get off the right track so readily, so easily. What keeps us on that track? It's again, walking in the path of his word. You know, a self-centered life is a self-destructive life. A Christ-centered life is a life that's whole. In the New York Herald Tribune, years ago, they did a study on how mentally fit we are as New Yorkers. And uh, one of the articles, the writer pointed out after a study by a five-man team from New York Hospital Cornell Medical Center, it concluded that only one out of five is mentally well. And they said that that characterizes not just New York, but the rest of the country. We're in trouble. (laughs) But I tell you, there is a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. His name is Jesus. And you allow that word to guide your life, to govern your life. You walk in spiritual health and in mental health and in emotional health, you'll be filled with that shalom, that wholeness, that peace that God wants us to have. In Psalm 119, 165, it reads this, Great peace have they that love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. So love is law, love is word. Listen to godly Christian music. Let it sink into your mind, into your heart, into your emotions. Listen to the word of God. Again, it's the majority of people don't read, but the majority of them actually listen to the Bible. Uh, I encourage you to read the Bible, but listen to the Bible too. In the car, on an app. Just listen to the scriptures. Let it get into you. Abide in his word. And so guard your heart against being distracted. The word of God will keep you anchored. It will keep you centered. The next thing I want you to see is guard against an idolatrous heart. Our hearts are like idol-making machines. We take God's blessings and we readily make them into idols. We lift the blessings above the blesser so very easily. Again, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Idols aspire 
to captivate, to capture your heart. In Isaiah 45:16 and 44:20, it reads, "All the makers of idols will be put to shame and disgrace. They will go off into disgrace together. The poor deluded feed on ashes." What he's saying is that if you worship an idol, now that can be your job, that could be your children, that could be your spouse, it could be your church, it could be a ministry, it can be anything, anything we take and we put it above God, it becomes an idol in our lives. What happens is we tend to, to be blinded towards our idols because we'll defend it. We'll justify it. They are power or position or possessions or prestige. Any of those things can be blessings from God. But as soon as we elevate them to the wrong place, we wind up fighting against God. You wind up walking in conflict against God and you could be enslaved to whatever that idol is because sin captures captivates and makes us slaves those idols want to capture captivate and control us sometimes it's again possessions they're a blessing sometimes it's power Sometimes it's prestige. Sometimes it's something that God gives us and just it overrules us because we put it first instead of God first. What do we do in a situation like that? In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 16, I want to read the message translation. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. We must determine to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. If you keep your hearts, if you... Keep yourself from idols. You'll have incredibly, incredible peace. If you keep yourself from distractions and you focus on the Lord, you'll have peace. If you don't allow those fears to dominate and control your life, you'll be marked by peace in the midst of a world filled with strife. He must, he has to be, and if he is the center of it all, we'll be centered, we'll be secure, we'll be strong. Jesus said this in John sixteen thirty-three. I've told you all this. He was telling the disciples they were going to have trouble, tribulations, difficulties in this life. He said, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have no trials. Is that right? 
Many trials. Oh, my. <laughs> Many trials. So this week, expect a trial. Next week, there may be a trial. And the week after that. But take heart. I've overcome the world. The Gospels are Grand Central Station for learning about Jesus, which is the single most important part of our lives as Christians. Please join us each day as Pastor Ed teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith.